And lastly, and in no way least, is the, if you ask me, the motoring show of the, of the year. Judging by the award we won last week, we, um, as Under the Hood, uh, thanks to Clayton Green, our favorite mechanic, thanks so much to Tafadzwa, who comes in as well from Zimoko, our marketing officer, um, to Dennis, Tom, and anyone else who has been a contributor to our show. Last year, we, not last year, last week, now I'm already saying last year, last week, a week ago, we went and scooped, courtesy of Under the Hood, the motoring journalist of the year at our national journalism awards and thank you to everybody who listens in and who participates and who makes this show possible clayton congratulations thanks thanks and a big thanks to all the guys and everybody that's made it happen well done you guys and tafadza we sort of ambushed you in the last minute and you have been consistent on our show thank you so much for making this a win no and a big congratulations to you as well you've made this happen a lot longer than some of us so well done to you as well so i'm quite excited also about today not only because you know this is the first time we've been together since the win but also it's year end and there are many trends that are coming in in 2024 as much as the car industry is concerned and i would like us to tap into that in a little bit and of course a little bit later we have a new panelist on our show today and we want to talk about something that at least you as a and i put qualified in brackets because there's also questionable driver will experience and that is a car accident we're going to be talking today about what to do when you have been in a car accident particularly from an insurance point of view that's coming up in a little minute from now but Tefatswa, you being um in the car sales part of the automotive industry what did the trends look like for 2024 well you find that towards the end of the year any year in fact mm-hmm. that um a lot of vehicle manufacturers start to announce the new models coming out next year mm-hmm. to create excitement about the brands and to create excitement about the models they plan to launch. Um, so the trend at the moment is everything's a wash. Everyone is introducing something. I think if you look online, you'll find a lot of information from your favorite brand talking about cars they plan to introduce next year. Mm-hmm. But they are trends. And the trend at the moment is hatchbacks and small crossover vehicles. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise there. Or maybe no surprise. Well, maybe no surprise. Listen, the world is going green, and everyone's thinking about fuel economy, everyone's thinking about practicality and use case. Um, big cars are good, yes, but they're very practical and purpose-built vehicles. Not something you want to drive every day. Small cars, however, they do the function you want. More times than not, on the roads we travel on every day. Now, I'm just thinking from a Zimbabwean point of view, is hatchbacks the way we are going? I actually think the other way is how we're going. In other words, everybody's looking for something that can handle our rough terrain, even in the CBD. 100%. And um, it's a very interesting question you bring out because most people think, oh, listen, parts of our roads are bad. Some of the conditions we drive in are mostly bad. But like it or not, look at the statistics, look at the most common vehicle on the roads right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. They are actually smaller vehicles. More times than not, usually hatchbacks or something similar to hatchback, a small sedan. Okay. So in as much as the average person doesn't think that hatchbacks are the correct car mm-hmm. for our conditions, they are in fact probably the most common vehicles on our roads right now. And it's testament to some of the build quality mm-hmm. from some manufacturers. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to note the trends that will follow going on. New vehicle sales versus old vehicles. There are some differences, but still we can't ignore the trends. Yeah. When I think hatchback, Clayton, I think low clearance car. Yes. Is that a good idea on our roads? Look, at the moment, it's not your 
ideal case scenario. Mm. But when you look at the practicality and the multitude of uses that one gets out of a hatchback, hatchbacks are a no-brainer. They're the way to go right now. Mm. If you can mix that versatility with a little bit of ground clearance, you've nailed a big box there for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, on our show, actually, we have gone and taken a look at some hatchbacks that are out there and some crossovers. Um, I, I do not want to say crossovers. I want to say hatchbacks and SUVs um, that are out there. And perhaps we need to continue on that trajectory and continue to review hatchbacks that are out there and crossovers. Now, let's talk a little bit more about crossovers. For you, Kuda, who is our new panelist, Kuda, Kuda Msakanyi is a risk consultant is going to be helping us as we go through our show understanding a little bit more about what to do or not to do when you are involved in a car accident especially for the purposes of insurance crossovers when you think crossovers what do you see in your mind um there's been a new trend of these um i think maybe you guys have discussed about it the major between suzuki and toyota i think they're bridging that gap with the urban cruisers and your cross, uh, your cross, Toyota cross, and also they're a bit high mm-hmm. than the normal Starlet hatchbacks, and also for our terrain, they are good mm-hmm. in terms of they're a bit high and the suspension is a bit robust. Uh, and we actually hadn't gone specific into the into that merge, but I think even the plant in Ghana, maybe that's something we should talk about later, mm. beginning of the year. Um, I don't know if you're aware about that uh, in terms of how the Suzuki plant in Ghana got bigger. Yes, yes, yes. I caught whispers about that. And yeah, it's, it's, and it's you have to, what you have to zone into is the kind of car they're making. Mm. And when you look into it, you find that it's actually the smaller vehicles right. that they're going to. Right. In fact, if you look into the history of it, most car manufacturers that happen in Africa is generally biased or tends to focus on the smaller vehicle. Mm-hmm. Imagine that. Yeah. So crossover, would a crossover in our terrain be a better option than a hatchback? Good question. And it's a, it opens up the door to a lot of schools of thought mm-hmm. because let's talk about crossovers. Mm-hmm. Crossovers before were the cross between a hatchback going into an SUV. Right. But now we have crossovers in terms of small cars just bulking up. Let's look at the uh, Hyundai i10, for mm-hmm. example. Mm-hmm. Traditionally a very small hatchback but that's one that's been beefed up three times now. So it's now a crossover in itself, but it's still a hatchback. Right. And then we have your, your like uh, Kuda did say, going into the Suzuki, merging with Toyota to create the Brazos and uh, the Toyota Cross and things of that nature. Those are the more typical crossovers, but that's now two sections, two two categories within the crossover section. So it is an interesting topic in itself. Mm. It's interesting that you t- mentioned the Toyota Cross. I didn't realize that's one of the Suzuki... Toyota crossovers and I actually think of the SUV crossovers I think actually that's my favorite and you can see the Suzuki touch more than you can see the Toyota definitely with the the urban cruiser in fact uh, most people if you take the badges and just like um, hide the badges you wouldn't tell the difference difference. Um, it's exactly in fact for the most part it's exactly the the same same thing but that is the quintessential crossover vehicle mm. very, in terms of styling and what it's supposed to do. Yeah. That is the proper definition of a crossover. I, I wonder what the benefit was uh, for Toyota and Suzuki to come together to create this specific niche. We saw that with Mercedes and Nissan and, and that didn't work very well. Uh, why do you think... BW with Ford. And the, yeah. Well, the simplest way to look at it is this way. is like uh, we've 
both manufacturers have identified a need for a crossover vehicle mm -hmm. or at least a vehicle of that size to go into the market to fill a, a certain need mm -hmm. but don't both don't want to put in as much money to develop separate vehicles why not partner in this case the japanese always play with the japanese mm -hmm. uh, with someone close to you who understands your principles or you share principles mm -hmm. and form a union to create two very similar but different cars yeah um it saves money um it it it, it um pushes the economies of scale and that you can use either ores factory mm -hmm. to push the genus so you get volume out very quickly yeah i think um it's a business decision to some level but also makes sense in terms of what resources they have available. Yeah. But that's interesting, Kuda, isn't it? Because both Suzuki and Toyota have a lot of crossovers or a lot of mini SUVs, your RAV4s, your Vitaras. To me, it surprises me that they would still need to come together and make up another one. When you think about it, um, the amount of money that goes into the research and development at the end of the day, your chances of putting all that money into your research and development mm -hmm. and you put a car out there that is exclusively Suzuki, by the time you factor in the maintenance, the repairs, the running costs and all of that and going specifically Suzuki, mm -hmm. why not have that Suzuki run with a Toyota engine? At the end of the day, if you've got Toyota Electrics and Toyota Motor mm -hmm. and both of you can benefit by cutting the downtime on the research and development and all your inputs join forces and, and run with it. It gives you more time to also come up with new ideas mm. and not a lot of time is spent on, on the research and development. Mm. Mm. And do you think this partnership will last, Kuda, in your assessment? Mm, well, uh, maybe for a short term because it's uh, it comes and it goes. Mm -hmm. They're uh, evolving and they'll make new, new ones. But I think they've broadened it up because they also have the Toyota Romeon, which is also as good as the uh, what's this the Suzuki. They have a similar car. Uh, the Avanza, the Suzuki is a similar car to the Avanza. Mm -hmm. So they are targeting just uh, a cluster of that gap. Mm -hmm. So that's their target market. Uh, to me, it also sounds, from what you're saying, it also sounds like if you can't beat them, join them. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> if you cannot beat the competition, let's just come together and make one. Mm -hmm. So, gentlemen, have, have myself included, I can't imagine that none of you have never been involved in some sort of road accident. Mm -hmm. Major, minor, but still something that required some sort of attention. Uh, I, I'm going to start with um, Tafadzo, being in the car industry, have you had your customers uh, walk out of the showroom having bought a new car within months, weeks? Sometimes they've pranked that car. Oh, days. Days? <laughs> days. days. What? Um, it comes with the industry. Um, listen, driving a vehicle is a risk in itself. Mm -hmm. um, and you might be doing everything correctly, but the person coming the opposite way might not be. <laughs> so then, you know, yes, the, the likelihood of accidents with, within the motor industry are quite high. Um, driving in itself every day is a risk you take, and of course one has to manage it. Um, but yeah, there are instances where it happens a lot more than it should. Mm. And it's an unfortunate thing you can't afford. Yeah, Clayton, I can't imagine when you have been involved in a car accident and you know you're not wrong, that few minutes of exchange of words, of words when that happens. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Like it, it, it happens, and it's so difficult to not let your frustrations mm -hmm. cloud your sense of judgment and your sense of right from wrong. Yeah, it's a case of keeping a cool head and thinking logically, mm -hmm. right, and, and following I, a few steps. Got you. And I think for most of the time, 
when we've been involved in a car accident, shock does sit in and hit, which is probably a normal experience for most of us. Could that help us understand when you've been in an accident, the moment it has just happened, what's the first thing you would recommend us to do? Even though we're in shock, even though we are thinking, what's the first thing you would recommend we should do in that moment when we are involved in a car accident? Um, like what Clayton has uh, alluded to, the cool head. Um, many a times we see people you now engaging in fist fights, but these are metal things and they can be fixed. Uh -huh. So yes, it's, um, it might be a, a situation that you're not comfortable with, but sometimes it's just to be calm, uh -huh. uh, you assess, and then you wait for the due processes to take place. Uh -huh. Got you. And and this is what we want to understand. This definition of the due processes taking place. So the accident has just happened. Uh, Tafadzwa, when you were involved in an accident, mm -hmm. was your instinct to move the car? Maybe you have encroached into the oncoming lane. How far do you stop from where the accident has happened? Do you, in that moment, instinctively move your car? Should you move your car? Or do you say, listen, this is where it's happened. I'm going to get out even if it's causing congestion. And, and you got to love Zimbabwe drivers. When you've had an accident, they are the best commentary. They'll give you the best commentary ever. You know the story. They will give you the best commentary. No, to move your car or to leave it in that moment? Well, I think you have to fight with your own emotions. Like the gentleman just uh, said, You the, the right thing to do is immediately stop. Not move the car and leave the scene as, as it happened or, or how it is at that very moment. So not to move your car and to leave it. So the first thing to do is, of course, just check to make sure that you're okay before you check that everyone else is okay in the opposite car or passengers in the vehicle. And then I think um, the best thing to do is now to contact the authorities so that they can determine. You're quite right. When an accident happens, us Zimbabweans are very good at commenting uh, from the sidelines. Mm. Uh, who's wrong? But it's not our call to determine. Mm. That's why we need to make sure we call an authority yeah. to come and inspect um, the scene yeah. and then make a determination from there. Some very interesting points that you've raised there that I want to handle. Uh, who determines who who apportions blame? And that's the question I would like us to answer in a second. But let's get to what you've just mentioned there. The phone calls you make. Kuda, who is the people we must call? In fact, maybe before we even make the phone calls, how do you secure the scene, right? Because okay. sometimes maybe it's like in the middle of an intersection and cars can't move. So maybe you might make a decision that, listen, I gotta move the car, right? Yeah. Is there a way we can secure a scene when that happens, Kula? Yeah, thank you. Um, when an accident has occurred, there's impact of two either vehicles or with an object or whatever. Mm. And sometimes so it's more. First, according to the law, you're not supposed to move anything. Mm. Uh, you stop exactly there. Uh, get out of the car if you can. Uh, if you can't, maybe people who are surrounding can assist you. But the vehicles per se cannot be removed from the scene mm -hmm. without um, the authorities being there. When you say authorities, the police. So first and foremost is you put those. That's why we we are uh, ordered to have or regulated to have triangles mm -hmm. in our vehicles. Yes. Yes triangles you put them at the desired or the required uh, distance mm -hmm. you're not securing the scene so you are um, 
bordering yourself so you put in the rear the front and maybe at the side if you can depending where it is occurred on mm -hmm. so that's the first thing that you can do when you are able you're not injured you're not th those are the things that you do mm -hmm. and then from then onwards we then went who to call um, you can call immediate family or the first is to check if there's a nearby police station mm -hmm. or you can call for help to get the authorities to come on the scene mm -hmm. so that when they come on the scene and then they take it over so who determines who's wrong and right they are the authorities so also another thing that you need to do is minimal confrontation with the other party okay even conversations right. it might are you okay i'm okay if there's anything to discuss about the case i would advise not to because that's where most of the friction starts from mm -hmm. coming from this side you yeah. know, and all of us will be saying we are all right, right. got not, you not knowing got that you got you not. so when we say authorities does this include our insurance should we actually call our insurance at that moment we've been involved in a car accident um, even though ninety-five percent of us can, don't even know the insurance number. Yeah, you, <laughs> exactly. you can. It depends, um, but it's not really mandatory mm -hmm. to do so at that heat of the moment. Um, you can advise either you are, if you are insured directly, mm -hmm. or you are insured by by an agent or a broker. You can advise your your broker uh, at any given time. Uh, according to most standard insurance companies they give you 30 days to advise them of an accident or in nature that has occurred. Mm -hmm. So you have at least 30 days to advise them, yeah. but you can choose to advise them there and there or afterwards. This is very so interesting because in some countries, sorry Clay to cut you there, okay. it's actually the insurance that determines who is wrong. They come and they do the investigation. It's not the police. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, but in our country, how it works, from what I gather, um, once you've assessed, is everybody safe? Is everybody fine? Mm -hmm. um, I've calmed to my senses. I've calmed down. The correct procedure is to inform the police. Once you inform the police, it's the police duty to come to the scene of the accident and fill in a, a, a form 70, a 76 form. Mm -hmm. And that 76-hour form is a form whereby the police have the... the duty of taking your statement, mm -hmm. taking a statement from the other party, mm -hmm. um, marking out the scene of the vehicle, and with that particular paper, once they've filled out that paper and they've got that form assessed, they then hand that over to your insurance uh, 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 your, your, your insurance people, mm -hmm. and your insurance people then take the next steps from there. But the first thing is the police have to come in, make that report, and fill out the forms. Right. Uh, so is this report the apportioning of blame or, or what? What 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 exactly are they doing in that moment? Yes, at some point when the police officer looks at that form, the, his opinion on what has caused the accident will be noted down on that form. And that form is handed over to the insurance people mm. for the next right. step. It's 23 minutes before we get to 11. Today we're talking about what you need to understand when you've been involved in a car accident. And I'm sure you probably have been involved in a car accident, right? Where shock comes in, 
and sometimes no one out of the make. What were your experiences with um, an accident? What were your takeaways? What could you have done better? And what you've learned you should have done. It's Capital 100.4 FM, Harare Zabi. When we come back, we want to understand a little bit more what else we need to be doing. Should you be taking any details down? Should you be taking pictures? And if you are, what are those pictures supposed to be about? And we also want to understand when insurance comes into this conversation. So music of semi-featuring Pato Ranking Jericho. 20 minutes before we get to 11, we are talking this morning under the hood about what you need to know when you are involved in a car accident from a point of view in terms of your insurance so that you are hopefully able to um, get some hap- some help from some happy some help from your insurance. We were just looking just now at what the role of the police is in this uh, situation. Clayton. Tafazo as well as Kuda are in the building and they were helping us walk through the processes and Clayton and Kuda were explaining that when you are involved in a car accident, you got to call the cops, they've got to come in and attend to the situation. And and I, and I was asking um, again, um, uh, Kuda, I would like you to come in here. So again, just explain to us again what the role of the police is when you call them. In Duva Tarot and Diana Nemoja. Yeah, so when the police arrive at the scene, mm-hmm. first they check um, if the parties, is there anyone injured? That's their first port of call. Is there anyone injured? Uh, and all. If there is none, then they do interviews uh, as to how the accident occurred mm-hmm. from the drivers. Okay. So I, I want to interject this. Sorry. So whilst you're waiting for the police, or even when the police come, are we supposed to be taking down any details? It's so much if at all and what are those details that we should take down um you can take maybe the driver's details Mm -hmm. if you want just for your own uh keeping uh just for future maybe if you want to refer to them later but when the police come you also they'll take the same and then that's now official and if you want to use it for anything else you use what you would have gotten from the police. Mm-hmm. What if the person you are involved with in the car accident is not the owner of the car? Does that matter in that time? No, it doesn't matter. As long as they are a licensed driver, uh, it doesn't matter who the owner of the vehicle is. Okay. And if we're taking pictures, do they serve in any way for insurance or they don't? Uh, yes, uh, they do serve. In the event there will be a dispute during the assess, uh, assessment of the cl- of the insurance claim, mm. so in this day and age, it's advisable to take f- photos on the scene. Why? Also, is because there's now too much insurance fraud happening, mm-hmm. so that way it can aid to your assistant mm-hmm. uh, when you put forward your claim, and then you say on the scene I took these photos, mm-hmm. so that authenticates mm-hmm. your yeah. claim. I'm trying to imagine what should we take in the photos. Obviously, they're not selfies. We're by accident, scene. What? What? Of what is the information? You hope the pictures. I mean, we do take selfies. Yes. But what what <laughs> what is the information you're hoping to capture in these pictures? Mainly, mainly the damage, because mm-hmm. uh, if it's not an insurance claim, it's assessed on the damage and the vis-a-vis the circumstances mm-hmm. of the claim. So mainly take the da- the, the the damaged uh, portions of the vehicle, mm-hmm. and then also the general view of the area, mm-hmm. so that one would see can have an idea of how it occurred. Mm. So that uh, general 
photo of the overview yeah. of the scene of the accident. Yeah, I sometimes feel as if, um, and also as somebody who has been involved in a car accident, I feel as if sometimes the interpretation of the highway code is rigid. In other words, so in, in my situation, I was trying to turn right, and I can already hear what you're about to say. I, w- I wanted to turn right, right? And I stopped, and then there were two lanes, an inner lane and an outer lane. The inner lane stopped and gave me way to turn, right? Mm-hmm. And there, at that moment, there was no car coming from the outer lane. So guess what I did? I started to turn right, whilst the inner lane was stationary, it wasn't moving. But as I turned right into the sanitary lane, sanitary lane, there was an old man who was coming and he hit me. I didn't hit him, he hit me. The natural interpretation is that I'm wrong because I turned right in front of oncoming, right? But technically, I don't think I was wrong because the outer lane had given me way before this guy came and he came in at full speed and hit me. So in cases like that where there is a dispute, maybe not a, a dispute, does insurance then do in further investigations or what? If there is a misunderstanding, naturally the police are going to interpret it and say you turned right in front of oncoming. That is the rigid interpretation, right? Um, in, from on that aspect, the insurance uh, is based on the police report. Uh-huh. So once the police have attended to the scene, they have done their scene inspection and gathered um, statements from both drivers. They also now go back to their station mm-hmm. and then they look deeper into the case. Mm-hmm. Then they interpret the laws vis-a-vis the circumstances. So in that similar case, if the, on the police say you were wrong, you were turning because this guy initially has the right of way. This mm. one just gave you way. Mm. It's not mandatory to give you way. Right. So you will be wrong in that sense. Oh, wow. Yes. <laughs> because this one already has the right. Whether it's driving high yeah. speed yeah. or not, they, are, they have the right of way. So you will be wrong. Okay. So... They'll, they'll just take what the police report right. concludes. So, so the police have done the investigations and they conclude which party is right, which which party is wrong. wrong. Yes. Then they, you then forward the police report to the insurance. Yes. Right. So, yes. what happens when you are for like the wrong party in the incident? How does insurance come in? Okay. When when you are wrong, like there are two parties, party A and B. Mm-hmm. So party A. Either has comprehensive insurance, which covers damages to your vehicle and other property or vehicles mm-hmm. that you have damaged, and you are um, adjud- judged that you are wrong. Mm-hmm. So when you are in that case, you then forward a claim for damages for your vehicle, mm-hmm. and the other party will claim also damages to their vehicle caused by you. Because you are, you are the one deemed to have been found guilty okay. of the offence, of right, the traffic so, offence. All right, let's let's slow down. You're saying the wronged party mm-hmm. is the one that submits to whose insurance? Theirs. They, what happens is, I, I, uh, in your case, you are the one who would have been said you were wrong. I, okay, can we use a different <laughs> That's not me. <laughs> okay, so no, there, kidding. Okay, you can there are two parties. Uh-huh. One is, is party A. Party A has been... Uh, charged with a traffic offense. Mm-hmm. They, their vehicle is damaged. Mm-hmm. 
they are insured with a certain insurance company and they have full cover. Mm -hmm. They will put in a claim and then on the claim form, it, uh, it, it asks, uh, did you damage anyone's property? Mm -hmm. uh, name the nature of the property, if it's a vehicle, uh, name of, of owner and make of vehicle and registration number. And it also asks, has the claim been uh, given to you for those damages? Mm -hmm. So if it has been done, you then say yes. Mm -hmm. So when you have done, you put that to your insurance. So the other party that you would have, the property that would have been damaged because mm -hmm. of you causing the accident, mm -hmm. will then approach you and say, I want you to fix or make good for the damages, mm -hmm. whatever. Then you will then now direct them to your insurance company right. that I'm no longer dealing with it. You go to my insurance company, so and so, go to them. Then these guys will now deal with your insurance company. Got you. So when you have third-party insurance, Clayton, mm -hmm. would you recommend, well, maybe not even recommend, maybe I'll come back to you, Clayton. When you have third-party insurance and you are the wrong person, right? You've damaged somebody's car, maybe Anzi, you know, it's extensive damage. That third-party insurance, does it cover all the damage? Okay, third party has a cap. So third party insurance is insurance you are covering other either vehicles or property that you might damage uh, or you which you will be deemed to have caused damage to. Mm -hmm. So when I have third party insurance, I ram into someone's vehicle and say that I'm the one who has wronged. What I'll do, I'll advise my insurance that I, I was involved in an accident and I was said I was wrong, mm -hmm. and the claim has been put to me. Mm -hmm. But generally, third-party insurance covers up to a limit of between $2,000 and $3,000 mm -hmm. per claim. So if the damages are more than that, that person either will claim to you directly, mm -hmm. and they, so they use either the courts or whatever. That's when you need now to have the be now doing talks yeah got you <laughs> let's come to the talks clayton i want to come to you supposing it's a minor accident yeah. there are no injuries maybe the car is slightly damaged maybe a, a slight dent or something yeah, yeah. would you recommend that you do talks look um i'd like to take a few steps back and just go back on what uh, kuda mentioned early on mm -hmm. right what a lot of people aren't aware of by the mm -hmm. time you get that license your insurance if you don't read the small print that tells you that there's a cap mm. that you are only allowed to cover up against, right? You're good if you go and bump into, say, a Honda Fit mm. and you just damage the door. But now if you've gone and rammed into the latest Lexus Ish. and you've damaged Le the door. Mercedes. Mercedes. Then your world starts spinning because all of a sudden you think you've got insurance, but you haven't. Mm. Right? So it's important to actually, if you can and you've got the ways and the means, Insurance people actually offer premiums and, 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 and insurances that will take you a step up. Mm. So you, you are covered to a certain extent. Mm. I remember before there used to be a, a full third party fire and theft. Yeah, I'm not sure if they still do that. But yeah, they're uh, still there. It's still there. But that sort of a they thing. They don't tell know? us these things. You've got to dig into it and then yeah. you, there's, there's a lot happening behind the scenes. <laughs> what? So you can actually insure your car from smash and grab? That's what you're saying, Correct. essentially. I don't know if you still can. I'm not in the insurance anymore. But yeah. uh, you can. From, depends on the dynamic of the packages that they give, but normally, traditionally, there these three types. Mm -hmm. There's comprehensive or full cover, which covers everything on yours and other property. And then there's third party, 
third party just doesn't cover, yours, doesn't cover your damages but other people's damages but you're kept. Mm -hmm. And then there is fire, theft, uh, third party. Mm -hmm. So that one, it covers um, your vehicle if it's due to fire mm -hmm. or theft. Yeah. And, but, uh, but if it's a normal accident, it doesn't cover your vehicle, it covers another vehicle. Okay. Tav, would you recommend talks when you've had a car accident? Have you have you tried that when you've been in an accident? Um, well, I think it's the norm for people on the streets, but now we, it depends now who's the owner of the car. Mm. And um, that now opens up another door. If it's a car vehicle that's not yours, I would definitely recommend the insurance route. Mm. I think it's more formal. It, uh, it also removes a lot of bias in that somebody can come back to you later and say, ah, but there was also, mm. which is uh, something you might not have planned for, and it creates a, a big hole to mm. go into. I would advise the formal route, which is to get the, the, the police uh, involved, um, and then at least it has some element of control or reference when somebody comes back mm -hmm. and tries to maybe ask for more money than what was agreed for mm -hmm. in talks. The formal route, say, it tends to protect the, the, everyone in, involved. Yeah. Having said that, um, I had uh, heard of an incident where somebody was rammed by a commuter, on, by, 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 a, by a vehicle. Mm -hmm. They moved off the scene of the accident. At the scene of the accident, the combi driver was the most apologetic person in the world. Mm -hmm. But when they moved off the scene of the accident and tried to get one or two or three quotations, the taxi driver turned around and said, Guy, I don't think I'm taking your car to panel B to A, I think your car needs to go to Gaza land with me. Then now you've got a big problem on your hands. Where do you start? How do you work this out? And if you haven't had the authorities in with you there, you, you're basically stuffed. Right, because you've got no one to tell. You've got no one to walk. So it sounds like your recommendation would be then, even if it's minor, involve the police. Yes, that's my recommendation. Yeah, Involve the police even if it is my recommendation. Mm. It protects you mm. uh, yeah. for future, even future damage. What it protects everyone in the event that my vehicle had other previous damages, then we we have uh, done our gentleman's agreement. Mm -hmm. Then later on, I would come and say, because you caused damage to my car, I now need everything fixed. Then mm -hmm. you have no leg to stand on. I'm now pushing and all. Mm -hmm. So when it's now. Uh, through the, via the authorities' route, mm -hmm. they note down what has been damaged right. on that particular accident. Right. So that's what is now being focused on. Mm -hmm. In that gentleman's agreement, could we not write those things down? You, on top of what you said, the name, the ID, and then I've also taken pictures, right, of where the damage is, and I've also made you write to my front fender, broken wing, what, 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 and then we sign to that. That's mostly advisable, or that's what we say when you're not yet in an accident. Right. Like what Clay said. Right, in that moment. was apologetic. Right. So you might then say, ah, no, you I'm know, I feel sad. for this. Mm -hmm. So as knowing people, and also knowing people of my nation, mm. we take advantage <laughs> of that. So that's the challenge. And also, where there are reputable panel beaters, mm -hmm. and there are also other so yeah. that's where the fights would then start. Where I want, for exa example, um, Tafazwa, they have a, a panel beating shop. Yeah. Me, I have 
a Mercedes Benz. And I'll say, no, me, mine goes to Simoko only. Right, right. But there are other Panopitas who do. Mm-hmm. And that's where fights start. Mm-hmm. But when it's now in authority's hands, both of us have no control. Right. It's now decided by others. Got you. Yes. When a car goes to VID, what would have happened? When a car goes to VID after an accident, mm-hmm. either there's someone who has been injured mm-hmm. uh, and uh, they need to inspect the vehicle mm-hmm. so that in the event that that person either that passes away or something, they now, now need to check how to charge the person. Mm-hmm. Was it because of the vehicle? Was it def- uh, did, did, uh, did it have defects? Mm-hmm. Or, and also, it's also on the attending officers prerogative. <coughs> mm-hmm. If you, they feel and they have taken statements and they have seen sometimes the drivers uh, in a way of avoiding taking responsibility they pass on the blame on the vehicle that ah, the vehicle had no brakes. Right. The vehicle, so when you give that sort of a statement mm-hmm. the police officer is now obliged to take the vehicle to VID for to inspect and verify mm-hmm. so that they know what charge they'll charge for the offense. Um, uh, there was something I wanted to ask you as you were talking. Should we ever admit guilt at the scene? Um, at the scene, guilt until proven guilty. You can't. You can't <laughs> necessarily admit on the scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, reason why is because police have just taken statements. So when they go to the office, they now view the statements. That's then they will charge you. Mm-hmm. But in some instances that we have experienced. Um, is sometimes the police will say this maybe it's not minor and it's clearly known mm-hmm. that you, you have hit this vehicle from behind. Mm-hmm. There the law clearly stipulates that. Then okay. they can say do you have insurance? If you say you don't have then maybe at that point you can down now initiate talks. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless you because you, it's given that you're guilty. What about when you uh, and I think Clayton, as a mechanic, you've seen this, right? I get my insurance. I am the party that's aggrieved, and I get my insurance to fix the car, and then want to claim from the other person's insurance. Is that recommendable? Um, it depends. Like I said, which type of insurance? Mm-hmm. Insurance asks on the claim form: Is this vehicle insured elsewhere? Mm-hmm. And please note: Why is they want to avoid double compensation? So even if there are two cars that are fully comprehensive for uh, comprehensive cover, mm-hmm. I put my claim to my insurance company, the other party put their claim to their insurance company. Mm-hmm. Then the insurance companies will do uh, subrogation on their own mm-hmm. internally. They now know, okay, we'll recover, we'll settle this claim, but we'll recover the cost from that other insurance company. Mm-hmm. They won't involve you. They only involve you when it's over and above the excesses that needs to be paid. Mm-hmm. I know that's when they will get you involved. Well, because of time, we have to leave the conversation here. I, I, I'd also wanted to find out what makes bad damage to a car when an accident happened, but we're going to have to pick that. We'll be back again next week on Thursday. Many thanks to Clay. Many thanks to Tafadzo. Many thanks to Kuda. We have got to go to the news. Becky K is coming up on the pulse, and we will be back again next week under the hood. That's all we have today for The Crunch. The new Bing Queen will be back again tomorrow from 9 until 12, as we always do on Capital 100.4 FM, Harare Zabir, straight after the Champions League breakfast. It's 12 o'clock. It is time for the news.